0: After two long weeks off, the Indiana Hoosiers men's basketball team is back in action tonight. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers on this fine Thursday. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. We are your one and only one-stop shop for everything, IU Athletics. The Hoosiers, almost exactly two weeks between games. They took a long holiday period where I'm sure they addressed a lot of things, and we will see. Just how much they address tonight when they take the floor against Iowa is a late tip off. You're going to need your energy drinks, your coffee, your midday nap, whatever it is. 9 p.m. slated tip off for this one. Those things never tip off on time. Lord knows when this one will. It'll be on the road in Carver Hawkeye Arena on Fox Sports One. We're going to go live after the show before we dive into our kind of preview and everything. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at L O underscore Hoosiers. Make sure you're subscribed to us over on YouTube. Just locked on Hoosiers. Once this once the game ends, we'll immediately go live, recap the game so you guys can come join in on that conversation. This is a pretty even series. IU versus Iowa. It had a lot of memorable games. They met twice last year. IU lost both of them. Both of them were frustrating for different reasons. Obviously there was the big 10 tournament game. I'm still not over that Jordan Bohannon shot. I had to make sure I kept it PG on that one. Jordan Bohannon tossing in just an absolutely lucky shot to win that one. Keegan Murray was unbelievable in that game. Then the game in Iowa last season was frustrating for a number of reasons. It was a low point. I think of the season, uh, they had IU 23 turnovers in that one. It was about as bad as the guard play was at any point last year. We were begging for them to do something with the guards after that game. IU led in that one. I think they even led big in that one and ended up blowing the lead and losing going away. Uh, 42-26, they were outscored in the second half. Please do not recreate that one. The last win Indiana had against Iowa was 2021, February of 2021. They beat the eighth-seeded Iowa Hawkeyes 67-65. to 65. Uh, Obviously, Luke Garza on that team. IU had won the three previous meetings before last season. They'd won six of the last eight. Uh, this, but still 70 and 60 favoring Indiana. It's a pretty even series. Historically games dating back to the sixties. So one of the longer rivalries, the Hoosiers have had. When you look at this season, things aren't going great for the Hawkeyes of late. They started the year five and zero, had a couple of decent wins in there. Seton hall and Clemson, both top 70 Ken Palm teams. Since starting five and zero, they are three and six. More specifically, they've lost four of their last five games. Again, they lost to TCU, who's a top thirty Ken Palm team. They lost to Duke, who's a top twenty-five Ken Palm team. They opened Big Ten play at home against Wisconsin and lost in overtime. They beat Southeast Missouri State, but then everyone remembers them losing to Eastern Illinois. They haven't responded since that one. They went to Nebraska and lost. They went to Penn State and lost. Now, this is their first home game since losing to Eastern Illinois. Whatever that's worth, um, they certainly could use all the help they can get right now. Because after being 7-2, and two, they're now 8-6 and six and really struggling. They're still looking for their first Big Ten win. And, I mean, any game in kind of that prime time... Time slot that this one will be is obviously going to be a hyped-up one, an exciting one. And it's going to be a close one. Ken Palm predicts the Hoosiers to win, but just barely. 77-76 to 76 is a projected score. Indiana has a 52% win probability. At that point, it is a toss-up. For Indiana, this is still a A-tier game, according to Ken Palm. It's a top 50 Iowa team in Ken Palm on the road. So this is one of the bigger games Indiana's had. It's a a tough test kind of right out of the gate after this holiday break that they've had. But this is still a game. Indiana should probably be winning even with how much uh, they're going to have to replace just with Xavier Johnson Technically, Trace's status is up in the air. He didn't play the last two games. Interestingly, Iowa is a one point favorite on bet online. So, if you're feeling confident about the Hoosiers, which I kind of am and probably will go bet on IU plus one, I think Indiana should win this game. And this is not an Iowa team in a good spot right now, but. It's not like IU impressed in their last game out either against Kennesaw State. So a lot of things up in the air in this one. Let's take a look at this Iowa team, what to make of them, and a really big development that happened this week with their roster. We'll dive into all that here in a minute, but we just mentioned Bet Online; They're your number one source for all your online sports betting needs, as well as info, news, analysis, all that stuff you guys are going to want. BetOnline.net has you covered. You can get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there. From pro football to the national title game and college football, from basketball to soccer that's back underway. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well, which if you're listening to us, you do. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything you guys need to know about college basketball in one place. The last undefeated fell earlier this week. IU can pop that champagne bottle. Once again, they have you covered with all that over there. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Look at Let's look at some Ken Palm numbers when it comes to Iowa. One of the best offenses in the country, ranking 19th in adjusted offensive efficiency. But they rank 114th in defensive efficiency. They are 8th in possession length. Uh, this is a team that is not going to take a lot of time in running their offense. It is a get-it-and-go type of offense, which I think might actually play into IU's hand a little bit. I think IU looks better when they get out into the open court, and it's going to be interesting to see how much they push back against that play style, especially in those games against Kennesaw and Elon. I thought they played better when they... We're out and running, so we'll see if that's anything that they kind of lean into at all. Now, on the flip side, the Hawkeyes have one of the longest defensive possession links, whatever that's worth. I don't know how much that is a product of their defense or maybe a product of who they've played, but it is an interesting contrast there the biggest takeaway when you look at Iowa stats is they do not turn the ball over. They have the third best turnover percentage in the country, the best non-steal turnover percentage. They, you do not get live ball turnovers against Iowa, which there (laughs) you're, you're not going to get out and run much, but there it's going to lead to an interesting battle in this one. Uh, You're not going to turn them over. Nobody's really done it. Not consistently, not over any sort of stretch of games. For as much as they've struggled, it has not been with turnovers. They're also one of the best teams at not fouling. They have the fourth best free throw to field goal attempt ratio defensively. So they're not putting guys on the line. It's all the other kind of areas. Those are very kind of niche things. You don't necessarily win games just by simply not turning teams over and just because you're not putting people at the line doesn't mean you're defending well necessarily. And some of that checks out. They're not a good three-point shooting team, 257th in the nation. IU is 63rd comparatively. They're 102nd in two-point percentage, so they're not exactly blowing teams away in their ability to score. That number, that 19th best efficiency earlier lot of that's buoyed by not turning the ball over. They're above average in offensive rebound percentage and free throw attempts, but they're not really great in any area. They don't get blocked a lot. We mentioned they don't give up steals or live ball turnovers or dead ball turnovers really. It's just they don't really shoot themselves in the foot necessarily. If you defend and defend well, then you should force them into miss shots, but they're not going to create any mistakes themselves on the flip side. Defensively outside of not putting teams on the line, they don't really do anything great. They don't even actually rank inside the top 110 in any other stat teams. Don't shoot the three ball well against them. Again, I don't know how much is that them forcing teams off the three-point line. Is that teams that they've played? I think you get a better sense of this type of stuff once conference play starts, when teams are more familiar with your play style, and you have obviously more of a sample size as well. So it's going to be interesting to, to see how this Iowa team, if there's any big adjustments that they're going to try to make, Because they're coming into this game ultimately with a three-game losing streak. As we said, they don't attempt a lot of three-pointers. They don't give up a lot of three-point attempts. That part makes me think that they're forcing guys off the line, which you would think would be counterproductive to how you want to approach Indiana. We'll see how how they uh, approach that situation. Because Indiana would love to be forced off the line and drive at the rim based on how they have shot the three-ball in some of their bigger games this season outside of that this is a a pretty average Iowa team with just a couple small things that they do really well if you want to look at some raw numbers Chris Murray is their leading scorer this would normally be the part where I had to tell you hey Chris is good his brother was good and Chris is good too I don't have to tell IU fans that Chris Murray absolutely torched IU in Iowa last year we all know how good he is. There is no explanation needed on that one. He's averaging, like I said, 20.4 points per game this season. That game against IU last year was kind of a, I guess, a coming out game for him. 29 points in that one. That was infuriating. I had to make sure that I had previewed the right Murray when I was watching that game. Did I get the names mixed up or whatnot? No, they they were just that good. Philip Rubaka. I butchered that name. points, 8.4 rebounds uh, for the big man out of Serbia. Here's the interesting part. Their next leading scorer is Patrick McCaffrey. We'll talk about him in a minute. He's not going to play in this game, and there's no set time of when he's going to return. I want to finish talking about the stats before we dive into that. Tony Perkins, 11.3 points per game. For the Hawkeyes in terms of three point shooters, they don't have a ton. Murray is 37% on six attempts per game. Connor McCaffrey is 38.1% on three attempts per game. They don't really have an above average shooter. So bonus for Indiana, if they can force guys inside, that's going to be good for them, but they don't really have anyone that'll punish them outside at least based on their season averages. Let's talk about uh, Patrick McCaffrey, who I'm sure most of you guys saw, announced this week he was leaving the team indefinitely. Here was part of the statement he released on his social media. Quote, I've been battling anxiety for a while. Recently, it has peaked, which has inhibited my preparation and performance on the court. It's not fair to myself or my teammates to be on the court when I am not myself. The anxiety has affected my sleep, appetite, and stamina, which has resulted in not having the energy level necessary to compete at my full capabilities. My struggle with anxiety affects every aspect of my well-being and makes it incredibly difficult to function normally. This is what I'm dealing with right now. He went on to say he would return, quote, when I feel like myself. I first want to say all the power to him, like go figure things out. We are in an era where we accept kind of mental health issues for what they are, real illnesses and issues that need people need to find fix and find out and, and get healthy. It's just as much a impactful factor as physical injuries. I think that's accepted. I I hope it's accepted there's a vocal minority that i'm not going to acknowledge to a certain extent i there's a there's an a discussion that is should be had or could be had at some point about just kind of the mental battle athletes go through for those of you that didn't see it on social media on wednesday trace jackson davis and xavier johnson um shared letters from the same person i'm not going to name his name who wrote very nasty letters to them calling them gutless telling them they're not leaders saying they were uh they hated that race thompson came back because he's not a leader telling them to quit celebrating and get back and play defense just all the annoying tropes and cliches you can imagine They said they should take their NIL money and pay everyone back that went to the Kansas game. Disgusting stuff. That is not an IU fan. Point blank simple. I wish, I don't know that they'd do it. I don't know that they'd publicize if they did it. That person should be banned from ever going to IU games again. Disgusting way to treat student athletes. And I, I think there's something to be said about the mental aspect of being a student athlete and how they approach things. These are obviously different scenarios. We don't know and nor do we are we entitled to know what's going on with Patrick McCaffrey that has him battling anxiety. But it was just a very interesting it was very interesting timing for that to come out, I believe, on Tuesday and on Wednesday to see how people treat these student athletes. It again be better. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know I just said I don't want to um, give a microphone to the vocal minority. I just felt obligated to say, Be better. These are these are student athletes who are 18, 19, 20, 21. They're, they're young people. The these are adults that should know better. Just be better. Let them. Let them go out there, play play a silly game that is ultimately meaningless in the grand scheme of things. If they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. If your reaction is to handwrite a letter to them saying some of the stuff that that person did, that says a lot more about you than them. I thought Xavier and Trace handled it both brilliantly. Um, Again, it's a vocal minority, so... That's all I wanted to spend on it. I did want to mention it. I did want to talk about it just because it it was something I felt needed to be addressed. I hope I'm preaching to the choir and that no one else is treating people this way. Let's end on some good news. The NIL Hoosiers for good and Hoosiers connect announced some really positive news about money raised for uh, their collectives. We'll talk about that as well as, Trace and McKenzie Holmes being named on the wooden award watch list. Before any of that, if you guys are looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try built bar. We got through the holidays and I know a lot of people's goals are to be a little healthier this year. If you want to stay healthy and eat healthy, but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I got something for you. You got to try built with built. Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. I've often had Freudian slipped and called them candy bars instead of built bars. That's what they taste like. Uh, Mainly, the biggest reason, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They've had cookie dough limited time flavors, cookies and cream. I could go on and on and on about my favorite flavors. And now you don't even need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. I've gotten them at Sam's Club. I live in Indianapolis. Uh, the Sam's Club over on Rockville Road, I know for a fact, have them. If you guys are around the area, you can go to that Sam's Club and get yourself some built bars. So if you're close to a Sam's Club, if you're gl- close to a Walmart, run on in there, get the latest flavors of Built Bar, and you can thank me later. Let's end uh, on some positive news. As I said, Hoosiers for Good and Hoosiers Connect jointly announced on Wednesday that they easily exceeded the previous announced goal of raising a million dollars in donations, sponsorships, and memberships from November 14th to the end of the year. By reaching that goal, the two NIL collectives have secured an additional million dollars matching contribution from an anonymous donor. Terrific news in a number of ways. For one, both of these collectives do great work around the community. So that's more work within the community they're going to be able to do with, I know they've been, they work with Habitat for Humanity and the animal shelters and the Boys and Girls Clubs, a lot of places like that, YMCA's, they do a lot of good. It's one of the great ways that the NIL can work is, is pairing athletes with these various organizations. It gets money in the athletes pockets. It gets them helping around the community. It's a win. It's a, it's a win, 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 no matter how you look at it. Also, it'd be silly not to say that it's a lot of money that they can use on NIL now from the sound of it. It, and previously reported, I don't want, I, I, I remember it being reported maybe in the Indy Star. I'm not certain, but a lot of this money was going to go towards football who need it. They badly need it. We talked about Tom Allen and his plea for more NIL money. I wouldn't even be against almost all this money going to football. Cause if IU wants any kind of successful football program, they need to start being able to spend like. A Big Ten program. So hopefully this is this will allow them to bring in some talent. Either high school recruits, college transfers. They need a damn quarterback still. Hopefully they can go throw some money around and get a quarterback. But great news all around for this. Um, excited to see what groups or organizations they continue to partner with. Trace Jackson Davis was named to the twenty-five. Student athlete, wooden award midseason watch list. Not shocking. Even if he has struggled a little bit, he's still been absolutely fantastic. There's a lot of familiar names for Hoosier fans on this list. Zach Eady is no surprise. He's probably one of the front runners right now. Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson from Kansas. Armando Baycott and Caleb Love for North Carolina. We saw them earlier this season. Chris Murray. For Iowa, we'll see tonight. And I'm going to try not to butcher this. Ajulis Tubelis from Arizona, who looked incredible as well. There's obviously a lot of other names. There's 25 in total. Those are some names IU fans were probably familiar with, having played with or played against them in conference or non-conference play this year. Trace wasn't the only one named to the list. On the women's side, Mackenzie Holmes was named to that 25 person watch list with Caitlin Clark and Monica Sinano from Iowa. Emily Kaiser from Michigan is a I believe a new name to that list. She's played incredibly well for the Wolverines, Taylor Mikesell for Ohio state, diamond Miller for Maryland. McKenzie's a front runner for this award right now. She is arguably as good as anybody in the big 10 this year. Caitlin Clark's been playing phenomenally, but So is Mackenzie Holmes. So she's near the very top of this watch list right now. And if she keeps it up, she's going to be all the way to named as one of the finalists. However far they narrow it down. Mackenzie has been absolutely fantastic this season. It's a joy to watch her and she's going to be in the running for a lot of these awards this year. Thanks again, guys for making locked on Hoosiers, your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap this game, preview the women's basketball game. We'll do it all live on Twitter, on YouTube. Follow us, subscribe, do all that great stuff so you guys can join in the chat. Give us your reactions, your thoughts on the game tomorrow night as I record the episode live. I'll interact with you guys if, uh, if you guys are there to chat. For your second listen, check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, players, everyone throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you guys get your podcasts at. Again, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, all that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Thursday. Let's go Hoosiers. Let's get back in the win column in the conference. And as always, Elio.